Hello and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast dedicated to our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter, and today we are going to be covering Davos's first chapter in A Clash of Kings. Actually, Davos's first chapter ever. Um, today on the podcast, I have with me Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And as usual, we will spoil everything. I don't know. Who knows what might come out of this chapter? This is a dense, dense chapter, kids. <laughs> there is a lot. Um, so we open up with um, a really eerie scene of Davos and a couple of his sons watching um, Melisandre and uh, Selyse's men, well, with Stannis watching, burn the... Um, seven from the sept on dra- on dragonstone um it's a really like i don't know it's a really moody scene it's funny i kept thinking of the game of thrones scene and and when i first saw the game of thrones scene i was like oh yeah this is really good they're capturing it but rereading it really closely i don't think anything could capture just how eerie and ominous this fucking scene is <laughs> as these gods are burning um of course davos's kids don't like it davos doesn't like it either like there you know there's very much a a sense of um, unease with what's going on, despite the fact that Davos is pretty much an atheist, I think. Um, we find out that um, there was one knight who tried to stop them from burning um, the gods, who tried to keep them out of the Sept, I guess. And, of course, the Septon um, protested, but I don't know how violent he got. <laughs> and anyway, um, the knight the knight ended up killed, and his remaining kids are in in prison and so is the septon and so is one other lord who kind of spoke up after the fact and um davos thinks back to um maester crescent and the fact that he failed to poison melisandre and he thinks to himself if crescent couldn't do it what could i do which is pretty much implies that, that davos thinks that melisandre needs to go he just doesn't know how to get it done <laughs> Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys, what do you guys think about this scene versus the the show? If you even remember the show scene at all? Yeah, it's vague from what I remember. I mean, it, yeah, I think it's. I agree that it's creepier. He's. I can yeah. <laughs> I can see it, but I can't particularly recall the specifics of it from the show at all. <laughs> I see the fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought with the show, if you didn't have any like concept. Of, of the books you may not get how important it was because uh, yeah. I don't think you, you were know. lost yeah, yeah you don't get because isn't this yeah. the first scene isn't this when we're first introducing him on the show yeah I think so I think yeah I don't think we get the whole crescent uh, thing or whatever first uh, yeah I, I think it's I think it opens with this and it's like well who the fuck are these people and what are they doing oh that's a really good point yeah that's true because we don't have that yeah he I, I like how like I just love his chapters I like how he's sort of like this I don't know, I feel like you can get your bearings with Davos. Like, if he thinks something's sketchy, it's sketchy. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I just feel really comfortable with his, for the most part, his point of view. Like, what he thinks about things. So it... Yeah, you know, I know everybody talks about how, like, Sam is probably the representation of George in 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 the series. But 
in so many ways, Davos kind of reads like the kind of middle-aged man that, that George was when he was writing this. And I feel like there, there probably is a little more authenticity in Davos as far as George's voice than maybe anywhere else. Uh, I, I would agree with that. He's just so damn reasonable, too. Like, I just feel like nothing, he, you know, it's like he's got such a even, like, you know, it's like, well, I'm not super religious, but yet this shit sucks. You know, it's like he's not judging it based on, like, he's just, okay, this is... I really feel uneasy, but not based on any his preconceived, like, okay, because he's religious, like, no, this is pretty terrible, they're doing this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Davos, guys, uh, is it just me? He's so likable. I, yeah. He's one of my favorite yeah. POV characters, and... He just feels comfortable. If anyone doesn't... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and if anyone doesn't like Davos, I question who you are, because <laughs> what good, has yeah. he done for you to not like him? It's a red flag! <laughs> There's a really it's funny, funny because... meme... Um, where there's like character no one hates is the sign outside and then you go inside and it's just Davos sitting by himself (laughs) well it's funny because this scene actually closes out with Davos grabbing his finger bones for the first time (laughs) and that is one of the things that people actually hate I have literally seen a a hate post on Tumblr for, for Davos because of how often he clutches his finger bones oh my gosh which is kind of a stretch I mean that, that means you couldn't find anything else <laughs> exactly grab on exactly. to the only thing I can <laughs> exactly so so Davos is watching this and clearly you know upset about it thinks well we'll find out later he thinks it's a mistake but he he's not liking what he's seeing he's not a religious guy but he just understands what um, people's gods mean to them <laughs> the fact that you're burning them is not a good sign and he he thinks a whole bunch of things like that he knows that these gods um, that were carved in Dragonstone were done by Aegon the Conqueror, it seems like, or or, or were embellished by him anyway. Oh um, they were carved from the wood of the ships that um, brought um, the Targaryens to Dragonstone after the fall of Valyria. I mean, there's a lot of history here and they just, you know, they're just oh. going up in smoke. Um, and so, of course, Davos is thinking about his loyalty to Stannis at the same time. And he's like, you know, I, I owe Stannis everything. You know, my kid's position comes from Stannis. Everything that I have comes from Stannis. And how that loyalty is really um, the most important thing to him. And this is a very um, defining part of Stannis's character, or Stannis's, of Davos's character, his loyalty to Stannis. I mean, is it a character flaw? I don't know. What do you guys think? <sighs> I think it is. Yeah, it, it has to be. It, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely a character flaw, I think. Yeah, I, I kind of think so, too. So anyway, we then get um, Melisandre and Solis are just loving this whole little <laughs> iconoclastic show that's going on. And um, Melisandre launches into uh, telling everyone the legend of Azor Ahai and Lightbringer. And then we see, and it's funny because Davos had noted that Stannis was kind of dressed up nice for this little show. And then we see Stannis walk into the flames and pull a sword that had been thrust into, like, when they were bringing them out or something, someone had thrust a sword into the mother's breast. And Stannis walks into the fire and pulls it out. And it's, like, flaming with green flame. And he walks out of the fire, and he's literally on fire like his... (laughs) have to put out the fire on like his cloak and his clothes and um he's holding this sword and um melisandre like declares that he's azor high but he can only hold the sword for a little bit he has to like 
plunge it into the ground and like let it go because it's burning him and then he ends up having to take off like his cloak and his his glove and the whole time i just kept thinking this is just like a very deliberate comparison to danny you know just emerging unscathed from the flames i feel like this guy's not who they're telling us he is is right right yeah it's it feels like a very like hit you over the head with an anvil type (laughs) he's not your guy so then Davos talks to his kids afterward, and of course they're very upset by what they've seen, and then it, somehow that kind of devolves into talking about how Davos doesn't have as high a position as his kids think that he should since he's knighted and stuff, and they hate that he has an onion on his sigil and stuff, and I just kind of get the sense that Davos gets sick of listening to them, and that's why he decides he wants to go get a drink. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what it is for sure um so he heads off to a pub and he runs into of course his old pal salador san the smuggler slash pirate slash traitor who is a very colorful and um, funny character and of course salador has had a merchant ship in king's landing recently and so he's got all the details on what's going on in king's landing so we get things that we know from Tyrion's chapters like the Tyrion got rid of Janice Slint and that he's in King's Landing at all. And then, of course, um, we get Salador Sand's take on how um, King's Landing is ripe to be conquered. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of forgotten this aspect of the story that everybody, you know, in a lot of people in Stannis's camp were like, oh, let's just go right now. It's it's ready. I knew that Renly felt like he could conquer it, but I didn't remember that Stannis was pretty, you know, there were people in Stannis's camp who were pretty confident at this point that they could take it. What do you think Tywin was thinking not heading there right away to protect it? Yeah, it's a wild moment because, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, Dom a little skeptical that it could be conquered as easily as Salador Sand. I mean, Salador Sand, it, we learn he wants Stannis to conquer King's Landing because that's the only way he gets paid, apparently, in actual gold. But I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those um, things if you act fast, but... Yeah, maybe maybe... Maybe it was about the timing. Salador uh, also says that Renly has gotten married, which is a really big surprise to Davos, and um, that Renly is um, marching to King's Landing with his army. Um, and then from there, Salador San talks about how um, Stannis's uh, little moment with Lightbringer was total bullshit, and that that wasn't really Lightbringer. And then he tells um, Davos this kind of alternate version of Azor Ahai and uh, the myth where Lightbringer was forged, where it was tempered in water and then in the heart of a lion. And then Azor Ahai finally managed to create Lightbringer by tempering it in the breast of his beloved wife, Nissa Nissa. Um, so there's a lot of um, speculation about why this is here and whether the forging of Lightbringer will be literal. But it, you know, I'd kind of forgotten how like very deliberate it is that this seems placed here it does seem kind of significant to me i don't know what do you guys think i mean it has to, i just feel like it has to lead to something. i mean unless he just totally ditches it decides to ditch it like it, it feels like it has to lead to something because it's such you know to bring to have that scene to have the like the sword the imagery and then the description of like what this is sort of based on i mean yeah it feels like it's significant. yeah and to even to even show us stannis doing it there has to be a well, no, this is what it actually yeah. looks like when it's real. Um, I know, I think, like, the leading theory is Danny and John being in those roles, with John having to kill Danny. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's funny. I kind of thought that the show would give more legs to that, but I don't. I don't definitely know thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it definitely feels like it's going somewhere, though. I mean, like you know, there was a point where theories about the whole Nissa Nissa thing were really big, like maybe five or six years ago, and then they kind of tapered off. I guess people. Yeah, they definitely died out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, if we ever get another book, it'll well, be interesting if we I mean, get hints about where that's all headed. Um, but what's funny is, as 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 Davos, you know, kind of thinks this through, he's thinking about the fact that he has seen Thoros of Mir um, use a trick with green flame on a sword before Thoros of Mir, who is of course also a, mm-hmm. a red priest. Um, so it seems like even Davos is pretty aware, and you know kind of the way that he observed the scene that this was all theatrics and that <laughs> Stannis probably is not some, you know, secret foretold savior come to, you know, I just want to know what Stannis was thinking through all of this. Oh, like that gosh, entire that would have been that would have been funny, like to his point of view. <laughs> <laughs> you can see when he when he when he like when he gets rid of the sword and he like drops the glove that he the burned glove that he was wearing, I think he just kinda like grabs Celise and like takes her back in the castle. So it's like his, he clearly yeah. <laughs> was not interested in this, but went along with oh, it. Gosh. So anyway, then um Stannis uh, sends for Davos and um, shows Davos this letter that he's planning to send out. Not really send out, but kind of spread out, I guess, is the way that he's doing it. Um, he, he He's written down that um, Cersei's kids are Jaime's and um, that he's claiming the Iron Throne. And, of course, the Maester and Davos are both kind of like, um, <laughs> should we hire some PR people, maybe? And <laughs> rethink your method on this um i thought it was a really funny funny scene of stannis just being so straightforward and just not understanding how people react to things <laughs> oh gosh yeah it, it, it in some ways it's simple i mean it's simple to the point but it's <laughs> well yeah i mean it is simple and to the point but it's you know of course <laughs> well Stannis is telling Davos, he's like, okay, I'm going to have you, you know, you're going to, your ship is going to take, you're going to take some of these letters on your ship and I'm going to send each of your sons on their ships with some of these letters to spread these out. Here's where I want you to go. And Davos apparently makes a face that Stannis notices. So Stannis like talks to him alone because he saw the face. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, of course, Stannis is like, well, all these other lords who, you know, kind of stuck up to him won't tell me the truth but you'll tell me the truth Davos and so you know Davos doesn't really want to tell him the truth either you can tell but um Davos is just like yeah I I don't I I think you're gonna need some proof I don't know why anybody would um believe this and so then we hear that Stannis wants to use Edric Storm who is um Robert's well they say he's Robert's only acknowledged bastard but I feel like Maya Stone must have been acknowledged earlier in her life. I did, I I don't know how she got the name Stone if she wasn't. It sounds like yeah, for, uh, that's the impression I got from when I read. You know, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that's if this odd. is just one of those things. He just forgot. George just yeah, out, like, just because he <laughs> happens to look like Robert. Yeah. That's that's gonna prove that these other three kids are not his. Right. <laughs> I mean, paternity determining in Westeros is just ridiculous. Uh, it really is. I mean, it's just like, you know, you can have quite a bit of genetic variation in 
you know, even with kids with exactly the same two parents, you can have exactly. A and that if and that someone least, could just yeah. say, well, they look like Cersei because I mean they're twins. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, no, they just took after their mother, not yeah. Robert. Yeah, which is what anyone would say. Yeah, I just <laughs> this is the flimsiest <laughs> thing. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like it would, I feel like the, you know, I mean, I realize it would have messed up the whole brand being pushed thing, but I feel like the whole, these are Jamie's bastards things would have worked better if like three or four lords had wandered in on them fucking and it had yeah. been a pretty well known or, yeah. or, you know, at least you you had a, a few, you know, a few pretty reputable people who could attest to it being reality. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's not what we've got here. So, um. Stannis wants to get a hold of Edric Storm, but of course he has been Renly's ward at Storm's End. And so it's like, how are you going to get Edric Storm away from Renly? Um, and then then Davos, you know, finally suggests to Stannis that, hey, people might be more receptive to your letter if you were a little bit less of a heretic in it and stopped pushing your new religion on everybody. And um, then we kind of get into... Um, why Stannis has switched to R'hllor and we hear oh, what is one of the saddest stories in these books, which is the Proudwing story <laughs> where Stannis had raised this little hawk that was injured and oh. the hawk um, got well enough and was his pet and he loved it, but it never could hunt. And so one of his uncles was, and even though Robert had a, a, a hawk that, you know, really hunted well and, and could catch things. And so, one of Stannis's uncles was like, "Oh yeah, you should get rid of that and and get get a hawk that can hunt." So he like gave up his pet that he loved in order to get one that was more effective, which is a sign of him, I guess, turning away from his old religion and turning to Melisandre, who everybody's fucking terrified of. Um, which is very humanizing, but at the same time, you're like, "God, Stannis, like, why?" <laughs> it's his backstory. It's his sad backstory. Oh gosh, backstory is that he was a total he, dick to his back. No, yeah, he's got a lot of issues, man. He's just bitter about a lot of things. Oh, I know. Rigid. I, I love how I love how bitter he is. Like throughout the whole thing, he's like, "Well, nobody's ever gonna like me, no matter what I do," and all this. <laughs> and that's probably why he writes the way he writes and says things the way he says because he just you know he doesn't hear and then but it's like you're the messenger you have to like speak for him you want to pad things a little bit and make him a little nicer but oh gosh yeah he's intense well I think they all want to not die backing him <laughs> I mean you know I think they want him to have a chance at winning and he's just not doing himself any favors at any turn like none at all <laughs> I think that's the biggest disconnect is like his, you'd think that that personality that he wouldn't, that he would question a little bit more about what's going on with Melisandre and like, you know, I don't know. I think he does. I mean, mm. you can see here, he doesn't yeah. believe at all in R'hllor. Yeah. He just believes in the fact that she has some magic and everybody's afraid of her. It's, yeah. It's weird. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, Stannis is wild all the time. And yet, so funny and so hard not to like because he's just <laughs> I mean, they are they're, they're a great like the couple in a sense that they bounce off of each other like that the, the sh yeah it's it's just interesting and comedic and they balance each other out you know Davos and Stannis their interactions <laughs> yeah yeah um oh, Devin did we have any mail for this chapter yes we do um our first question <clears throat> or a piece of mail from Ancient Octagon on Reddit 
Um, they asked, do you have any thoughts on Davos's endgame? When I first read the books, as much as I liked him and wanted him to live, something gave me the sense he was a goner, but he did survive in the show. Um, I always thought Davos would live. I didn't see why he would die, I guess. I, I just always felt he would live. Well, I would get why you might think Davos would die because George does, I think, two full-blown death fake-outs with Davos. Yeah, I was worried. I was hopeful but worried. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, what was yeah. it? One yeah. where he was I, drowning know. and then at White Harbor? Yeah, that was yeah. the big one. Yeah, that yeah was, the big one at White Harbor. Yeah. So, <laughs> Manderley tells Cersei that he killed him, I think. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, no, I, I kind of, I kind of get it, but at the same time, at this point, yeah, no, I think Davos is going all the way. Okay. <laughs> I think so. Get the feeling he's gonna make it. Anything else, Devin? Uh, yes, we have one more piece of mail. Um, Buckle here on Discord. They ask, "What did you make of Azora High on first read compared to now? Could Stannis's plan have worked?" Of of <sighs> being Azora High, I don't. Just as Azor High um, on first read compared to now, I, I would take it as, I mean, is this, was it a real thing that happened or is it truly just some story or what? Um, but I'm, coupling that with could Stannis' plan have worked almost seems like as Stannis as Azor High, I guess. I've always believed that that Azor High was real um, and that it, you know, it would play some role. I mean, the question is always more yes. about Lightbringer to me yes. um, because, you know, there's more than there's more than one uh, myth that kind of um, seems to refer to an Azor High because he's Azor High apparently in Essos, which is where, you know, Melisandre and Salador San are from. But then, you know, you hit get the myth of the last hero. The last hero. Different Westeros. cultures speak of the same, what seems to be mm. the same person differently. Right. Right. And so somewhere along those lines, like, yeah, there must be, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Clearly there's something to this. And like, you know, George is not going to include all this detail for no reason. No reason whatsoever. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't include some detail. He doesn't need to, but, you know, probably not this. Yeah. And Stannis's plan. I mean, I don't know. And yeah, no. <laughs> I think Stannis would have been better off to probably do what Renly did and just not even really give a fuck about the actual illegitimacy and just make a play for the throne, quite frankly. Yeah, probably yeah. would have been more effective. Because why would anyone take your side on this? Yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and as far as as far as like what I think about Azor High, like who it's gonna be, I mean, you know, I'm still not convinced if it is John or if it is Danny, even after the show. I'm, I'm not, you know, I mean, like, they both have... Yeah, me either. I, yeah. I think it maybe doesn't matter which of them it specifically it is. Clearly, clearly there's some element between the two of them well, that will be the or high yeah. thing. Essentially, the show would have us believe that it's Arya, seeing as how she was the actual one that killed the Night oh, King. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for, what, for whatever fucking reason. Oh gosh. Oh, Remember that episode? Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I mean vaguely. Yes. I only watched it once, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is all of the mail. Okay. Cool. 
Well, um, if you would like to send us mail, we would love to get some. You can email us at uh, close the door end at gmail.com or you can send us just an anonymous message on Tumblr at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. You can also reach us on Twitter, and I just never remember this handle. Is it close the door end? Or no, it's, cl- at, it's door podcast. God, it's close the door end is the Gmail. Okay, at door podcast on Twitter, you can totally tweet at us. And when I say us, I actually mean Guile, who runs the account. So please feel free to bother her. Um, and of course, we love reviews on um, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And um, I guess that's it. Gosh, this was a dense chapter, and I can't believe I got through it this fast. Um, anyway, <laughs> I am closing the door. Get out.